Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hope you guys are all doing well. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our Ramadan. Let us start with the verse of the Quran. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wa'lamu anna feekum rasulallahi law yuti'ukum fi kathirin minal amri la'anittum. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانَ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَكَرَّهَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكُفْرَ وَالْفُسُوقَ وَالْعِصْيَانَ أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الرَّاشِدُونَ فَضْلًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَنِعْمَةً وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ صدق الله العظيم Dear brothers and sisters, dear friends, we will be reflecting on this verse of Surah Al-Hujurat. These are verses 7 and 8 of Surah Al-Hujurat. They are uh, off-quoted. You must have heard them before. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in here is... Uh, the, the main point I want to take from here is from حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمْ الْإِيمَانَ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ Allah has endeared faith to you. Allah has made faith beloved to you. This is talking to the believers, obviously, that Allah has made faith endeared and beloved to you in your hearts and has beautified it in your hearts. Zayyanahu fi qulubikum has beautified it in your heart and has made disbelief and wickedness and disobedience hated in your heart, hated by you, hateful for you. Such are they who are rightly guided. And this is grace from Allah and His favor. And Allah is all-knowing and all-wise. That's pretty much the gist of that translation. So, according to the Qur'an, a truly Islamic society is one which is going to be permeated by these ennobling values, life-ennobling values, excellent morals and and manners because for believers for each individual believer faith has been made beloved and beautified so it's something you want to do and you enjoy doing it's you know when something is in when something is attracting attractive when something has been beautified and when something has been adorned for you then it's generally you take pride in it and it's something that you want to do. At the same time, the opposite, which is disbelief and wickedness and disobedience, that's been made hateful to you. That's what a believer should be like. And the Muslim community should have this as a collective conduct, a collective ethos, a collective feeling. That is, to have wickedness is an antithesis, it's opposite of what a Muslim community should be. Anything that smacks of rebellion against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be rejected outright by the Muslim community, by the individual Muslims, which is basically what the Muslim community is made of. Denial of the rights of others, other human beings, uh, just fulfilling the unbridled self, this is something what all believers should actually be focusing on. Anything that goes for just complete self-indulgence, self-gratification, at the expense of sacrificing collective and community interests, 
that should be a no-no for a Muslim community. Anything that calls for any kind of disobedience like that should, should be revolting for the Muslim community. See, the Prophet ﷺ established the Muslim community in Medina Munawwara on the ideals of the Quranic teachings. And it's against that backdrop that this verse has been revealed to say that Allah has caused uh, goodness and faith to be beloved to you and wickedness to be hated in your heart. Only when a Muslim community is like that, that it will enjoy Allah's grace and reward. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises grace and reward. Fadlan min Allahi wa ni'mah. We have to make that effort. The Sahaba made that effort. The people around the Messenger وسلم, made that effort. That's why they then received the gift and reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, uh, from an Arabic perspective, when you're looking at these beautiful words, حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانِ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَكَرَّهَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكُفْرَ وَالْفُسُوكَ وَالْعِسِيَانِ I remember reading these verses even before I pondered over them, before I maybe even understood what they meant, because I memorized the Qur'an and was reading the Qur'an before I learned Arabic uh, in terms of comprehension of Arabic. They, there was a special ring to these verses. There's just a very special lyrical quality to these. حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانَ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَكَرَّهَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكُفْرَ وَالْفُسُوقَ وَالْعِصِيَانِ Just this amazing, amazing effect of the Arabic. Basically showing that there's nothing that delights the heart for a Muslim as these things should do. Goodness should be very endeared to us. And I know that that's not always the case, but that's something that we should be looking for because when a person does that, that community will flourish. The more people that do that, the community will flourish. That's why there should be a collective effort to get this done, which means that individually encouraging one another. Then if there is an issue, you see, I'll, I'll give you a perspective from the imam side. Uh, a lot of people blame the imams sometimes for... Uh, not speaking about uh, things which are relevant. Uh, sometimes what you have to understand is that imams are in a certain position where they've, generally they're going to be Muslim scholars, so they may have come from a really, really, you can say, a very righteous kind of background, very protective background, that may not be exposed to a lot of these things. I, I know that there's a lot of imams who are like that. They just, they won't know. Right, what uh, is going on in certain other families or whatever where there are a few challenges. You know, I'm not saying all imams are like that. You know, there are imams who come from, you know, from backgrounds that had no, uh, you know, n not much adherence to the faith and so on as well. So that's not the case uh, all the time. But what happens, and I've seen this from experience because I've been an imam for, you know, about, about uh, over 12, 13 years, you know, and you don't know what's going on. And then people won't tell you and then they'll criticize you for for basically not speaking about something but then people don't come and share what's going on in the community and I think people should go and do that they should go and speak to the imam whether directly or indirectly you know through a letter through an email or maybe anonymously if they want to or or directly and say look sheikh this is what's going on you know imam this is what's going on in our community so the imam knows what what it is he researches the issue and then he can speak about it because things which are spoken about from the pulpit or from you know, from, from, from the mic, as, uh, you know, to the community of the Muslim scholars, 
it has a bigger impact. It will reach many more people and there are many people who it will reach that will take heed from this. Not everybody's going to listen, but a lot of people will listen. And I've seen this to be very, very beneficial when people have shared things. Then I've spoken about them in the Friday or in some of the other lectures. And mashallah, it's, it's had an impact. There's people who come and said, really, I thank you for letting us know about this. So I think that's our responsibility that we need to make each other aware of what's going on so that we abstain, the other person abstains, and uh, we tell the relevant people. It doesn't have to be while revealing you know, any unnecessary details, but at least you know that, okay, look, you know, people are taking this substance, or people are cheating in this way, or people are involved in this haram activity. Right, And you give that little detail and that should be inshallah very very useful because this is going to help to capture the spirit of the Islamic community. We need our communities to be strong in that regard and that has to be through uh, you know, taking pride in your faith and shunning wickedness. So let's look at another verse. This is Surah Al-Fatih, the, uh, the surah actually of conquest and victory. Right? Uh, verse 26, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذْ جَعَلَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فِي قُلُوبِهِمُ الْحَمِيَّةَ حَمِيَّةَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ وَعَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَأَلْزَمَهُمْ كَلِمَةَ التَّقْوَى وَكَانُوا أَحَقَّ بِهَا وَأَهْلَهَا وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمًا So this is essentially condemning one of the vile characters of the disbelievers of the time. And you know you can relate to this once I translate this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when the unbelievers had put into their hearts pride and haughtiness, and this was the pride and haughtiness of Jahiliya of the Jahiliya period. This is that racism that they had. Uh, you can call that language racism or whatever you want to call it, right? They had this ignorance of Jahiliya, which is called racism, right? Allah sent down his tranquility upon his messenger and upon the believers and made them adhere to the world of, word of pi, world of piety and they were well entitled to it and they were worthy of it and Allah is all knowing of everything so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the disbelievers began to act in this haughty and proud and arrogant way you know with with this jahili way of doing things you know this ignorant way of doing things without any guidance allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assisted the believers by causing the sakina to descend upon them sakina is calmness and solace and comfort and tranquility and many ulama they've actually found these verses to be very very beneficial to read when a person is going through some turbulence for example uh, the scholar uh, hafiz ibn taymiyyah a very famous scholar he would take the five or six verses in the Qur'an that mention the Sakina and he would actually repeat them often whenever he has some turbulence. This is according to his student Ibn al-Qayyim and it would give him comfort, it would calm him down because this Sakina is the concept of uh, this tranquility that Allah causes to descend on the community, on, on an individual even, right? Whenever they have turbulence and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to benefit them in some way. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. It, demonstrates that the unbelievers were swayed by their pride and haughtiness you know of jahili of ignorance right of that time of the time of ignorance this was includes nationalism racism self-interest selfishness you know superiority complex all of these things can come into this idea now one has to remember that whenever a people think that they're better than other people that is one of the most 
vile things that a human being can do. Right? So if I think that just because I'm Asian or I'm Gujarati or I am Indian or I am British or you know, whatever you know, designations I may have or as a man or whatever, that I'm better than somebody else, that is one of the vilest forms of uh, wickedness. And the reason for that, I think, is because the reason that I am what I am in terms of these things, I did not earn these things. Right? I did not earn or acquire being British as such necessarily. I mean, you know, or being Gujarati or being Indian or being Arab or being Pakistani or being Punjabi for that matter or being Bengali or from being from a certain area or being from Cairo or, you know, being Syrian or Circassian or whatever it is. That's not a choice we had. That's where we came into it. Now, if we found something good in those cultures, Alhamdulillah, Allah, we thank Allah that He gave us this goodness. But it's not something to show off and it's not something to arrogate against somebody else with. Because it could have been so simple that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have put the person who's from the other culture that you look down upon in your culture and you could have been from there. So it's not something you're bragging about. If you, if you think it's good that you're in your culture, then thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But don't, don't act haughty against somebody else because it's so easy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give the person that you are thinking yourself over and are essentially looking down upon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could get, then give them some other quality that, other, that everybody else respects and uh, basically make you the blameworthy person. So that's not something ever. And even something that you've acquired yourself is not something to brag over. You thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. That's why I find racism to be extremely bad. The way I deal with, uh, I try to tell people how to deal with racism is that if you find that you're very proud of your culture, you're proud of your background or wherever you are from, your ethnicity, then say Alhamdulillah. But that doesn't mean you look down upon others. Yes, there will be points that will be of strength in your culture and there will be points that you'll find of weakness in another culture. But then if you look carefully enough, they're going to find some strong points in their culture that is not found in your culture as well. It's just that you've not thought about that. right? And in your mind, right? in our minds, maybe the point about our culture, because it's so beloved to us, it's so close to us, it's ours, that's why we feel like it's better than somebody else's culture. This, this, this kind of thought essentially spoils everything. This is why you get some men who think they're better than women. And then you get some women who think they're better than men. It's because they start focusing a bit too much about what they have. And some of the you know, strong points about that. So then they start looking down about, about on the other side. Even though there may be some very good points on the other side as well. And there'll be some deficiencies on our side. Because there's nothing which is perfect in this world. So... What that does is this kind of feeling, if somebody has it, it makes you blind of the, your moral values. It makes you blind of humanity, of humanness, of it makes you lack empathy. You know, you really can't think straight. And then it just goes out of bound. And that's essentially what Jahiliya was. And that's what Islam came to eradicate. But yet you're going to still find that in some places where people are not adhering uh, to the love of the faith. That's why... Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows here is that when there will be people like this who will act in an ignorant way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give comfort to the other people. In some success or the other, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them a gift and He will make them successful. So if you feel that you are being oppressed and you are being overcome and 
you are being looked down upon and looked on as despicable, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you comfort. Trust in Allah. Put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's very, very important. That's why believers, going back to the original verse that the goodness is in our heart, whenever we see anything like this, we need to be the first to root it out. We should not ever take part in it. And if we see it in others, we should be against it. We should not take part in it. And that's why if you look at verse 12 of Surah An-Nur, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, this is when there was, uh, um, if, you, if you remember the story of Aisha radiallahu anha being slandered. I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole story here, but when she got slandered, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks a question. Verse 12 of Surah An-Nur, the Surah An-Nur discusses that whole event. But this particular verse I want to mention, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَوْلَا إِسَّمِعْتُمُوهُ ظَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتُ بِأَنفُسِهِمْ خَيْرًا وَقَالُوا هَذَا إِفْكُمْ مُبِينَ Allah asks a very emphatic question. He says that, why then did not the believers, the men and women believers, when you heard this slander, why did you not think good of their own people and say, this is an obvious lie? So you should be willing to speak out. And the Quran senses those people who did not speak out and who, they were, that you should have thought about this correctly. So, we, this also tells us, of course, that uh, you know, whenever there's a, a wicked report about somebody, one needs to be very careful the way they approach it, the way they take it. And your first course of action should not be to agree with it. should not be that everything you hear that you accept straight away. You should always look at reports of this nature, wicked reports especially, uh, bad reports about people. You should always look at them first negatively. You should all uh, look at them with some speculation and with some doubt. And then if eventually one day it does become quite clear, well, you do what you have to do about it. But do not jump to conclusions with these things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a faith-imbibing community. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the faith beloved in our hearts. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it attractive for us so that we love doing it. And may Allah assist, allow us to assist one another as well so that we can help to make the community a greater place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from you. Please keep us in your du'as. And uh, we will see you again inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.